Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. These stories contain distressing themes and brief descriptions of violence. This content is not suitable for children, and listener discretion is advised. It was late on a Sunday night in January 1993. A couple was driving around a quiet bend of the A550 by Tinkersdale Wood in North Wales when they noticed a red Mini Metro which had crashed over a small embankment hitting a tree. The side window and windscreen were shattered, the driver's door was ajar and the vehicle was empty. It looked like the driver had hit the windscreen on impact and had walked away. They called 999 and waited for help. My name's Benjamin Fitton from They Walk Among Us, and this is Murder Town, the podcast. Hugging the A550 at Harden, North Wales, Broughton Brook winds quietly through Tinkersdale Wood below the road's stone wall embankment. As it nears town, it veers towards the old corn mill, once powered by the waters of the brook before it was abandoned during the Second World War. Over the past 80 years, the walls of the old sandstone building collapsed as the woodlands grew wilder. Nature now completely envelopes the decaying building, its water wheel and gears becoming half buried in the ground by Broughton Brook. Upon the roadside, police and other emergency services arrived at the scene and began searching the area with torches heading down behind the embankment towards Broughton Brook. Something lay in the dark, half submerged in the shallow water. The body of a woman with severe head injuries and no signs of life. It didn't take them long to realise who she was. Madeline Jones, the wife of one of their own, the wife of Sergeant Stephen Jones, a well-loved officer from the area for over 15 years and stationed less than a mile away at Harden. Stephen's co-workers who were at the scene 
left behind the forensic examiners and headed the one and a half miles to his home in Yulo to break the news and comfort him themselves. It had been less than an hour since Sergeant Stephen Jones had finished his shift and gone home to his wife and their two young sons. When his fellow officers arrived, he explained he was up waiting for her as she'd gone out for petrol. It had been a big week. Just a few days earlier, Stephen and his colleagues saved the life of a local woman who had become trapped in an icy pond. He'd waded waist-deep into the sub-zero water for 20 minutes, pulling her out and saving her life. So now hearing that his wife had died in an accident, he was distraught. Madeline's parents, who had moved to Wales from Italy in the early 1950s and her brother were living nearby. At 2am, Stephen phoned her brother Mario, breaking the news about the accident, saying the police would be coming around. Madeline's brother was then left with the horrific task of letting her parents know what had happened. As officers comforted Stephen, investigators at the crime scene noticed something unusual with the way the car had been left. The driver's seat was pushed very far back, it wasn't possible that Madeline, at four feet nine, could have reached the pedals with the seat back that far. Detective Superintendent Gareth Jones, deputy head of North Wales CID, took over the scene, and at 4am the following morning, Home Office pathologist Dr. Waite arrived. Examining Madeline's injuries, he noticed there was no glass in her hair, yet the glass on the windscreen was shattered. Looking closely at the head injury itself, he didn't believe that the shape and type of her head wound was at all consistent with a car accident. Then, nearby in the undergrowth, officers found a small hammer. By this time, Madeline's family were at Stevens. Although in shock, their focus was on the children. Madeline's body was taken to the hospital for proper examination, where Dr. Waite concluded that she had died from blunt force trauma to the left side of her head. The injury had a groove that did not match the windshield or the hammer found at the scene. Should police find it, he suggested the weapon would be a rounded, rod-like instrument between one to two inches wide. By daybreak, Police confirmed that they were treating the scene as a staged accident and Madeline's death as a murder. Reluctantly, officers returned to Stephen at home. They had no choice but to start the investigation where they always do, at the last place Madeline was seen alive. They searched the house and Stephen's car. In the boot of his rover, they found a plastic bin liner covered in blood. Looking further, they also found his police right helmet and his truncheon, both bloodstained. Then Stephen's own colleagues, including an inspector who had spent the entire night consoling him, 
arrested him under the suspicion of having killed his own wife. After appearing in court to face murder charges, Stephen still swore he had nothing to do with Madeline's death. The magistrate refused bail. Stephen's defence requested a second autopsy. They were hoping a new examination would show this was an accident, just like Stephen was suggesting. The second pathologist, however, was unable to argue with the first autopsy and the original finds on the cause of death. He agreed that there was no way Madeline's injuries were a result of a car accident and that the police truncheon was the perfect shape to match the injury inflicted. Jones sat in custody in a jail cell, where he previously worked as the custody sergeant. With a town in shock and a police force carrying out an investigation into one of their most beloved officers, Stephen Jones made a voluntary statement. Jones still denied responsibility for her death, but he admitted that he had lied to his fellow officers in his original statement, stating, Following my return home from work on the night of Sunday the 3rd of January 1993, my wife and I had a violent quarrel downstairs. She accused me of infidelity and admitted to having an affair herself. It was a bitterly hurtful row and ended in a struggle. My wife had picked up a hammer, and in the course of the struggle, I took it from her. We both fell over through the open patio door. I then saw she was lying still and bleeding heavily from the head. There was no signs of life, and I realised she was dead. At first, I was numb. Then I panicked and decided to fake a traffic accident. I carried my wife to her car and drove about for a while before deliberately driving into the wall on Tinkersdale. I then pulled my wife from the car and eventually walked away. What Stephen didn't know when he changed his story was that they had witnesses. On the night of the murder... Sergeant Jones had been on patrol in a police Ford Fiesta from 2pm until 10pm, just half an hour or so before Madeline's body was found. At 8.15pm, a witness saw him driving without headlights near Tinkersdale Wood. Two other witnesses phoned police as they had seen him walking away from the scene, and another had seen a car drive away from the crash site. They'd written a registration number down. When police traced it, it came up as Jones's Rover. Police believed that while on duty, Jones had parked his Rover close to where he planned to dump his wife's body. He went home, killed her, and then drove her body in her own car to the scene, having planned to fake the car accident well before. He fled the scene in his car. There was no quarrel or falling through the patio door accidentally hitting her head. This, they believed, was just another lie from Jones. 
despite his years as an officer attending the scene of countless car accidents. His cover-up plan was not as tight as it could have been. He panicked, forgetting to return the driver's seat to its original position. Jones had also underestimated the duty of care of his fellow officers who had raced to his home to comfort him. In doing so, they'd caught him before he had time to hide the murder weapon. North Wales police were completely shocked at what had originally looked like a tragic accident, many noting his excellent character. Stephen Jones joined the police cadets at 16, and while a young constable on patrol with a fellow officer, he'd met Madeline at a pub nearby in Mould. His colleagues watched his and Madeline's relationship grow, and they married the following year. They would all speak of their disbelief as he was seen as such a dedicated family man, often leaving nights out to be with his children. He'd been commended a number of times for his bravery. He was awaiting a bravery award for rescuing the woman from the pond, but he'd also recently talked a man down off a local bridge who was about to end his life. It was just unfathomable that the Stephen they knew could be capable of cold-blooded murder. His fellow officers speaking out showed their horror at what had unfolded. One of Jones's female colleagues spoke out to the press about how Stephen was at work. He was really into analysis and self-analysis. He used to say that we should try and get behind the initial offence and find out why people did it. He had very strong views on things. And a detective who knew him well said, I simply couldn't believe it. I really liked him. Everyone did. Now I don't know if he's been conning us all along or whether he has just flipped. I can't work it out. Stripped of his sergeant title, Stephen Martin Jones pleaded not guilty, and his trial began at the Crown Court at Carnarvon. Prosecutor Anthony G. Casey told the jury the murder was carefully and deliberately planned, and that Stephen Jones had drawn, quote, in no small measure, on his police experience. Jones still claimed Madeline had fallen and struck her head and he faked the accident in a panic. But the prosecution struck back when the original Home Office pathologist testified that, in his expert opinion, there was no way the head injury was caused by a fall onto a concrete patio or the edge of a step, or even the hammer found at the scene. The hammer was how Jones had hit out the car windows. Madeline's fatal head wound, the prosecution believed, was most likely the result of being hit with a police truncheon and the attack planned at least ten hours earlier. Based on the statements of over 800 people, the following series of events were presented. Late on January 3, 1993, he lured Madeline out of their house to the garage after lying to her that a relative had suffered a heart attack. After killing her with a single blow from his truncheon, 
Jones, who stood over six feet tall and weighed 19 stone, put a bin liner over her head to stop any blood getting on her clothes, on the floor of the garage or in the car. He then drove Madeline's body, still in the plastic bin liner, in her mini metro a mile and a half to Tinkersdale Wood, where he'd earlier left his own car nearby. He stopped to put on his police right helmet to protect himself from being injured before driving up the embankment and through a hedge. He then smashed the windscreen and the side windows with a hammer he had brought, trying to make it look like her head had hit the windows, but he'd hit the driver's side window with the hammer from the outside. He removed the bin liner and dragged Madeline six feet to the stream, where in a callous final act, he walked away. And now the jury would learn why. 
Jones had told the woman he was having the affair with that Madeline refused to divorce him, and she would confirm that she had no idea he had any plans to kill his wife. The jury took three hours and 35 minutes to reach their verdict. Guilty. When it was read to the court, Madeline's family could be heard crying out, Yes, yes. At sentencing, Jones stared at the judge as he described the crime as a wicked, wicked offence. That woman did nothing to affront you. She did no wrong. She bore your children. She loved them and she no doubt loved you. You destroyed her life. You have not perhaps destroyed, but you have wholly undermined those boys' lives. It is quite plain there is only one person you love. That is yourself. The sentence is life imprisonment. Stephen Jones was given a minimum term of 14 years. Madeline's family had remained quiet, dealing with their grief and loss in private. After all, in the early days of the investigation, Jones had grieved with them. Speaking out after the trial, her brother Mario said, We do not feel it necessary or appropriate to make any comment regarding the verdict because we feel that it should be apparent to all. I don't think I can put into words how strongly I feel, not only because it was Madeline, but because he had our complete trust as well. He would have known he was taking her life away, and the other people he would be hurting, including his own children. I feel total anger. It is difficult to explain. It's made worse by the fact that we all got on so well with him. Steve was the sort you would turn to for advice. Over the coming years, Jones would appeal both his conviction as well as his minimum sentence on the grounds of his remorse, his exceptional conduct, progress in prison, and no risk of reoffending. It was agreed that his sentence would be reduced by one year, based on time spent in custody on remand. Sign up now to Crime and Investigation Play, the only dedicated true crime streaming service to watch brand new episodes of the TV show Murder Town. To start your free trial, head to crimeandinvestigation.co.uk forward slash play forward slash Murder Town. Once your free trial ends, you only have to pay the low monthly fee of £3.99 or you can purchase an annual plan for just $39.99. That's 12 months for 10. Again, head to crimeinvestigation.co.uk forward slash play forward slash murder town. UK customers only. T&Cs apply. 18 plus. Subscription required. Payment taken if trial not cancelled. Murder Town is a Crime and Investigation original podcast. Hosted by me, Benjamin Fitton. Written and researched by Anna Priestland. Edited by Joel Porter. Produced by Kim Sargent. And series produced by Sam Pearson.
Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.